Well, welcome back everybody again. This is the Follow Me Overland podcast and I'm your host, Sean Fable. And in the studio, in person, I've got a very special guest today. I've got a gentleman called Paul Jackman. You might know Paul. Paul's got a YouTube channel and he's famous for his overlander called Millie. Paul, welcome. Hello. Nice, nice to have you here. Now... First of all, I'm going to get straight off with uh, with the plug. I think last week when I uh, spoke to Nathan Dunn, I forgot to mention his Instagram and, and his channels and things. But, Paul, you're quite well known on YouTube at the moment. What's the name of your YouTube channel? It's um, the Off, Off Grid Nomad. Yes, Off Grid Nomad. Yep. And you've also got an Instagram page. Yeah, same again, Off Grid Nomad, Facebook, Off Grid Nomad, and Twitter, Off Grid right. Nomad. Fantastic. Okay, so now you've built yourself a fantastic overland vehicle that you've called Millie, is that right? That's right, yeah. Tell me tell me the history then. How did this all start? Why did you do that? Um, I've always had um, the idea of being like off-grid somehow. Um, obviously, I was married, kids, um, everything else. Um, never thought of it, you know, it would ever happen. But um, suddenly one day, you know, things happen. We end up being divorced. And um, <laughs> so then my old dreams can come true um, in a way, you know, because I had a, a lump sum and it was like, what can I do? And it, I went into my first dream, which was a narrowboat, which I already had a, a camper. I already built a, um, it was a transit jumbo and right. I'd already kitted that out. And that was quite overlandy, big knobbly tyres and snorkel. And <laughs> um, so I was living in both. So I was living at work in the week and then travelled back to my boat. And then I had that for a year, and with that, my kids were getting a bit bored of the boat, and I was getting a bit lonely on the boat on my own, and I just watched a YouTube channel um, called Just Escape. Ah, yes, yeah. Um, Matthew, Matthew and Gary. Yeah, that's and, great. I mean, I'd already seen these, you know, these big monster trucks, but I'd never really watched the YouTube channels, and their channel just captured me, and their, you know, and their trips, um, and that's what sparked it. You've come a slightly different route to some people who are in the overland community. Am I right in saying that you've kind of come from what you'd call the van life community? So Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was sort of, you know, the van life, it was, it's massive and it's growing, you know, even now. But um, the overland sort of side's now creeping in onto the van life. Yeah. Even people with vans are now making them into off-roaders, you know. That's right, because there's this lure towards going off-grid, is that right? You mm, think that, yeah. That's fair to say. So, yeah, van life for, for people who aren't um, aware of this, I mean, this is a community of people who are converting uh, vans, commercial vans, into either holiday homes, but some van lifers actually spend uh, 365 days oh, a yeah, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's what it's big for, and even in like towns and places like that, it is just massive. There's people, you know, living full time and working, you know, um, in in you know urban areas. How difficult is it to get all the mod cons in there that you need? Cooking, electricity, gas, and things like that. It just depends on what you want to do. I mean, I like a big space. Um, you know, the transit. That's why I went for the jumbo because um, it had the biggest space I could get in a in a sort of van. But then some people, I mean, I'm, I've met a guy local who's just tracked in his house. He's just, you know, he's been renting. He's had enough. He can't keep, you know, because by the time he's paid all his bills, he's broke. Yeah. His, his wage doesn't cover everything. So now he's quit everything, packed everything up, and he's in a, oh, what's that? It's tiny. It oh, is a okay. tiny, he can just literally lay in it. That's yes. how small it is. It's, um, can't think of the name of it now but it's like an escort sort of size right van. wow um, it's tiny yeah incredible but he's built it out so he could lay he can almost lay full full length in it yes and then just having like um little gas portable stuff yes you know so cook outside cook inside yeah, yeah. That, that's extreme yes <laughs> but micro campers are getting really really popular is it not challenging with the British climate? That's one of the things that, that would worry me about a yeah, small camper. I think the beauty in England is the Chinese diesel heat diesel heater market. Right. Because it just exploded. Because yeah. it was diesel heaters were out the price range of most people. The, the you know, a, a, a 
proper setup was about a thousand pound. Yes, it's the same as what people are paying for vans. Yeah. Um, but now you can get them off eBay for like a hundred pound. Really? Oh yeah, the diesel ones—they're just flooded the market now. Right. And now heating isn't a problem. Right. You know, everyone's got a diesel heater now. Because I remember looking at, is it Wabasto and Eberspash yeah, and things like that? Well, they've just been, you know, they've actually went to court last year and they got fined, well, I think the original fine was $168 million. Really? Well, because they've been manipulating the market for so many years. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So this is why now they lost their licences, I think, as well. So this is where we've been able to be flooded with right. know, diesel heaters from China. Well, that's phenomenal because I remember years ago I bought a, a, a Wabasto water top or something like that. I think it was called for for a yeah. boat I had back then. I think I paid about one thousand five hundred pounds. They are they're about yeah. a thousand for a setup. Yeah, you know, they're not cheap. And then had to install it. So that makes a big difference then for, for yeah for people from the from the van life or micro camper community. Yeah, it, well, they even do a, a cheap di- diesel heater now with a built-in water heater on them. Right. Um, the people are testing them out now, so you, it's like an all-combined unit. Fantastic. So. Yeah, so so combating the British weather then yeah. with, uh, with the diesel heater <laughs> and things. Uh, and so I think you must have had the off-grid bug for quite a while because, um, as you mentioned, you'd uh, lived in a, you know, you lived the van life for a while. Yep. Uh, you also had lived on a canal boat, is yep, that right? Yep. Much difference to, to living in Millie? Yeah, totally different. Um, I mean, it was nice and relaxing on the water, but you just couldn't, tra- you know, I didn't travel. Yeah. So I didn't literally, you know, because it's so slow, I didn't have the time to literally travel you know yeah. a week to do 50 miles yeah <laughs> you know um as nice as well and i will go back onto boats i think i think when i retire you know when yeah. i do get a bit old climbing into lorries yeah you know a boat would be something i'd probably think about well it seems i know because i am a, a fan and a follower of your youtube channel uh one of the things i find interesting is it, it, it really is providing a lifestyle because what i've seen you do is you go to work you know i know you work a lot of shifts you have yep. to work night shifts i've seen you do that You've got your um, your overlander parked outside, so when you're doing the night shifts, you can get some <laughs> sleep. You don't have to drive home. No, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, and and I know then at the weekends, then you can drive. You pick up the children, and I've seen you go off on these adventures all over the area and things with the kids, having a yeah. great time. Um, for example, metal detecting. That's yep. that's something that you seem very very keen on, and uh, I've watched a couple of the videos of you doing that. So the kids must must love the lifestyle that you provide. Oh, they them. do. They just love you know sort of being out and sort of do, doing adventures. You know, it was better than just being sat at home. But you know, yeah, that's right. it gives us something else to do. So in, inflatable kayaks in, yeah. in in lakes and things like that. How old are your kids, Paul? Um, oh God, I always get this. No, no. <laughs> one's thirteen because he's just turned, and the other one's ten. He's ten, actually. No, sorry, he's ten at in December. Oh, Paul, I'm going to get you into trouble t- there. He always <laughs> tells me off. He says, yeah. "I'm not nine or I'm not eight. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and your eldest has followed in your footsteps. Is that right? Is that mini off grid nomad? Oh, that's the little one. Oh, that's the little the one. Is it? One. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. The youngest. So he's got himself a YouTube channel too. Yeah, it's more successful than mine. <laughs> <laughs> And he's doing really, really well. And he's got quite a talent, like his dad, for telling a story on yeah, YouTube. He, yeah. he needs he, he needs a, a sort of a kick because he's got a bit lazy with it. Has now. he? Yeah. yeah, kids do. They tend to wander off, don't they? Just they a keep bit on things and stuff. So that was something I, um, you know, I found interesting watching your channel. Is you know what kind of an adventure this is for children, and I think uh, I'd have loved it as a as a kid. I think if my dad would have been taking me on all these adventures uh, in this fantastic truck. And so tell me, um, the make of your truck is a DAF T244. Yep. yep. Yeah. What made you choose that vehicle? Um, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I wanted the the man truck. It's the 8150. Um, right. That's the long wheelbase, and it's the one with um, the Volkswagen cab. Ah, yes. Um, and, it's, and it's lightweight as well. Um, and if anyone's seen, it's Jared from um, Campervan Culture. Right, okay. He, he's got one, and it's just, you know, that hooked me when I found his. Um, that's what I looked for, and I searched and searched, but to get one in England it, with imports and everything else was going to get close to 19,000. Wow. You just, you, know, you can't buy them in England. Um, the only ones I could find was small wheelbase, mm-hmm. um, 
then by the time I've had the chassis chopped, extended, it's the same price. Yes. But it's got the lower powered engine. Right. So it was, uh, that's what I wanted. But then with realising how much, you know, money I had, I had a 50,000 budget and it was like, if I go for a more expensive truck, I have less to spend on the pod. And the pod's the most, exp- you know, the important thing. Yes. Because I can literally remove that pod and put it onto another vehicle if I wanted to. Ah, yes. So I wanted the best I can on the pod because I, I knew once all my money had gone, yeah. <laughs> I'd be skint again. So trying to get my best for my money, yeah. you know, in total. So, um, and I def just turned up on the on the group site, um, not far, it was only about an hour's drive away, and I went to look at it and it was just mint. Yes. Absolutely mint. So, yeah, we just took a gamble. Uh, so you planned on getting the um, the man truck, uh, but in the end you decided to go for the DAF because it was going to save you uh, money uh, to be able to spend on the actual pod itself, which is yeah. probably the most important part if you're going to be living in it and things. And and what I find incredible is just how much you manage to get due on £50,000 because £50,000 is a lot of money. Uh, but it doesn't buy you, you know, much more than a standard motorhome no. normally. Well, I, I didn't you. spend the full 50000 on the truck. Right, so it, yeah. the truck did actually come out a lot less um, in about 40000 Right. But okay. then I bought like a, a car and paid off some debts and, yes. you know, all sorts of little things like that. So even more incredible then. So £40,000. And it might be difficult for those of you who are listening on the podcast who have never seen Millie. I do advise go and check out uh, Off Grid Nomad on YouTube and you'll see what a phenomenal vehicle it is that Paul actually had built for a budget of £40,000. It's incredible. You would struggle to get a reasonable motorhome. Um, and the pod on the back is is about what size? It's 5.2 metres long. Right. Um, and well, I can't remember what it is with. It's eight, eight foot wide or so. Right. It's right to its limit. Yeah, so that's actually fairly fairly large. I've got a friend of mine who's got a very, very large motorhome. I think he paid over £60,000 for it. The length of the vehicle in total is seven metres, so it must be a similar yeah. similar actual size to, to quite a large motorhome. Uh, and does look very impressive. Do you get a lot of people stop you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, as you noticed today, as soon as I pulled up, there's somebody comes straight over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she does. She stands out, you know, um, compared to like a white motorhome. Yeah. Um, wherever I'm parked, there's always somebody who's got to come up and have a look or have a selfie with her. Yeah, that's right. So, so you've got to you've got to be quite social, I would imagine. Then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I enjoy it, you know, talking to people. So yeah, you know, it's it's pretty handy and you're probably going to be talking to a few more people in a couple of weeks because you're going to the uh, overland expo is that right yeah yeah um i seem to have landed myself as in um trying to get a club stand there um seems to be a lot of them have either not going this year because obviously the covid yes there's still a lot of people not ready to travel and um a few of the team have all sort of gone on to other stands so i said look well i'll I'll book us all in and, you know, I think there's a good few going. I think there's, I think we've got five or eight, five to eight of us. That's in about two weeks' time. Uh, whereabouts, that's a race course, isn't it? Yeah, it's, is it Stratford-upon-Avon? That's right, yeah, Stratford-upon-Avon. I, I always get the Up-Avon ones wrong. There's yeah. another one, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Uh, but I'll be down there too. Uh, Paul will be down there. So anybody who's uh, who's around uh, in the next couple of weeks, pop pop down and, and see Millie when yeah, you're Yeah, yeah, the, do- the door's open, so anyone can come in. Now, something I was really interested in, uh, those who kind of follow me in my journey, uh, follow me overland journey, know that um, I'm into in- overlanding, and I like the idea idea of using overlanding as a force for good um you know and i know that you do too paul because you do charity work do you want to tell me about the charity work that you do um well i don't well i used to with my old truck i used to run a a homeless charity um, and that was all in lincolnshire here um but then after moving on with that getting the bow stuff i I now um, work with lcap which is yes. basically emergency response group. They work alongside with the police and the council for when there's any emergencies like flooding, um, like we had in Lincolnshire not long ago. Um, just the storms last weekend. Um, right. You're on call to pull, just the things like pull trees off roads and stuff yes. like that, you know. Um, the police are basically missing people as well. You know, they call us in 
um, and we do like search and rescue, you know, all around farms and all over. So, well, I think that's phenomenal work. I think it's a it's a great example of how a lot of people uh, turn their hobbies and their interests in uh, into a force for good for other people. So, I think that's that's good work. Um, can if people want to see the work that LCAT do, do they have a website to look? Yeah, in? it's just www.l.cat.org. Right, okay. and it's a Lincolnshire based, um, and they're always looking for new people. Don't have to have a four before, even if it's just at home, helping with you know like a phones or anything like that. There's there's so many roles, you know, and it's just a voluntary right. as well. So fantastic! So if you feel like doing something to help, um, go on the website and get in contact with LCAT. Uh, if you're out there as well and you've got yourself a four-wheel drive and you feel like dragging <laughs> trees out of ditches and the, or whatever it is yeah. uh, that you do... It, it can be anything. It yeah. can be anything. You yeah. know, it's just... You just get a phone call or a message say, you know, how many can we, you know, respond. So right. you just sit on standby. Okay. Now, the other question I wanted to say, the people who are interested, there's a lot of people who might be listening who who kind of think, well, Paul Jackman lives full-time in uh, in his Overland vehicle. It's only 5.25 metres long and things. Um, do you feel as if you've got enough space in there to live? Yeah, in mine. Compared to being in the van, the vans are very narrow. Um, now, when I moved into into the Millie, the, the width of the space, it's like it's almost like you're in a static caravan. When you're in, you know, you're a caravaner and you're in a little van and you're sort of hitting each other, walking past. But with the width, it really makes a big difference. You know, um, I've got like a great big double bed and then there's a kitchen and there's like enough room for two people to walk past. So Right. And I think somebody said, I remember seeing on a forum, uh, somebody who'd spent a couple of years travelling. And I think they said the most important thing was passing room, especially if yeah, you've got a, that's what a I significant sure, other. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. why. And it's more than a double bed, isn't it, I believe? Well, I've got one double at the front with, you yes. know, the seating area, but then I have a king-size built at the back. That was just to get me a bit more floor space in the garage. Right. Because I, what I didn't realise when I built it, is when you put the, your bed in, I thought there'd be a big garage floor space, flat space. Yes. No. <laughs> because of the angle, you, you, you use a lot of that angle. So, you know, I, I, we looked at it and went, how can we get around this? And it's like, well, we'll just go king size. Right. And so. the, the angle that Paul's talking about, those who don't realise, is sometimes on the back of these overland vehicles, they have an exit angle because if you're climbing uh, up a hill, uh, the back end that overhangs the real wheelbase can sometimes catch on the floor. So that's you right. have this angle that's cut out at the back. And of course, that go- comes into your underneath of your bunk, which is your yeah. garage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you were robbed of that. But you had a really uh, good idea for being able to get into your garage. Uh, I know a lot of people just open the door on the outside, but you've fitted rams on your um, on your bed, is yeah, that right? Yeah, so we've got the, the outside entrance you can get into, um, and also inside there's a cupboard door underneath it in the middle, so you can actually go in there. But then if you want to get right to the back, then you just basically lift it all up, um, and you can walk into the space. Right, so fair amount of storage. Do you struggle yeah. with storage? Do you think? Um, no, <laughs> no, because I mean, I'm, I, I, I mean, you know, I built mine a seven and a half ton truck, um, so I have to be careful on weight. So I'm really careful. I'm always checking and going through everything, thinking, do I need that? Don't I? You know, if I haven't used it for over a month, it's out. Yes. Um, and that's sort of how I keep trying to do it. I've, I've I've got to do it again this weekend because I've noticed in the cupboards there's stuff I've got in there and I've not used and it's like, right, box that up and I can go back to work. Right. So. I think that's an important point as well that's raised there that um, the DAF T244, when it comes, uh, is an ex-military truck. They yeah. were never produced commercially, only produced for the military. And a standard, I think they plated at 10.8 tonnes. Uh, which is too heavy to drive on most standard British licences. Um, if you've got a granddad licence, if you don't mind me calling yep. it that, um, um, it's giving your age away, I think, a little bit there, <laughs> Paul. Um, people with a licence issued before 1997 in the UK can drive up to 7.5 tonnes um, and can actually pull a trailer with a total train weight of up to 12 tonnes. Now... 
when the DAF um, are first registered, they're, they're too heavy for a normal road licence, so have to be downplated if you want to drive it on a, on a normal road licence. Uh, and that's what you chose to do. But yeah. some people choose then um, to go and do the HGV driving licence and keep it as an HGV. Now, the disadvantage of that, of course, means that uh, you've got to get a Class C licence, which costs a couple of thousand pounds, I think, all all in yeah. for everything. Uh, the disadvantage of the path that you chose was that you're limited to seven and a half tonnes for yeah. your total build. How did you manage to get such a big vehicle in under seven and a half tonnes? Um, well, basically, I bought it already re- re- you know, re-registered. It was already yeah. downplated, so that was the other bargain on... Going for that truck, yes. that was because it had already been done. It was road registered, um, but never been put on the road. But it had its number plate, so everything was done. Um, so I didn't have to sit around and wait. Just had no MOT because it just run out. So we basically just stripped the truck. I spoke to a few friends who were building the same sort of trucks. Um, they've had them weighed um, at four seven without the bed on because the, the the actual original bed is so heavy yes that's the biggest crucial part to get rid of right, yeah. um and then my whole pod is plastic yes um with the aluminium framework around it it's basically the the freezer panel um what you're getting like the freezer lorries so yes. it's plastic coated on either side with a 50 mil special sandwich foam in the between it yes so it's really really lightweight i think it was it was under a ton for the pod itself. Right, okay. So, you know, we, um, the heaviest thing on it is my water tanks. Once yeah. So we've we've had it weighed. Um, we was at four, four, three, um, just under four and a half. Right. So we've, that's with everything. So I've got 400 litre, to wa- well, 350 litre water tanks and a 200 litre waste tank. Okay. So we've designed it. So I've got a, a valve. Right. So if it ever happens and we you know we are over limit i can just dump water dump the water so, so driving on well the way it, to the weighbridge yeah well it, it's well it's 400 kilos you yes. see um, oh, so yeah. that's a massive difference um so if you just want to drop half your tank yes which that they'll let you you know on yeah. the on just it's only water so yes. so just just dispose of your water on on the way down there. yeah <laughs> but i mean i made sure everything was fully loaded um, yeah. we had everything you done you could think you, people don't realize even you're shopping that's how right. much your shopping weighs. Yeah, you know, you've just done a big shop, and that's right. And I, I also understand there's only a certain amount they will allow for a person's weight as well on top of the weigh bridge. And I think because because uh, I'm above that weight, remember looking at this, I, I can't bet. remember what it was. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm I don't know the number, but let's just say it was eighty kilograms. If you weigh a hundred kilograms, twenty kilograms of your body weight actually contributes towards your truck yeah. weight. But uh, <laughs> you know, so I contribute a little bit I, more I, than that. Yeah, pull. I've got a little bit like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you can't dump much of that on the way down no, to the weigh bridge and things. So it is a challenge for some people. Uh, I, I think you've done really, really well. A lot of people uh, say it can't be done, but you I think you did it very, very well. Yeah, I mean, you have to sacrifice. I mean, but the way I went into this was totally different to how a lot of overlanders start. They've got the the idea they're going to go around the world, you know, and travel. Um, I went into this totally different. Now, unfortunately, I have my kids every weekend, so I can't travel. Mm. Um, but because my shift work, like um, like now, I've just finished my night shift and I don't need to go back until next Thursday. So I've got five days off. Mm. So why travel the UK? Um, meet up with people and, you know, do things that way. So I've said from the start, my truck is built for the UK. So I don't need big motorbikes on the back and hydraulic rams and, you know, all the goodies to take with me around the world. Yes. Um, because I'm only a few hours from home, you know, well, from my base, um, where I park up at work. And I think sometimes people neglect what there is to see in the UK. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've probably only done 30% of the UK. Yeah. I've never been to Scotland, never been to Wales yet. (laughs) I mean, it's scary. I mean, I've driven through it, but not actually to go and view it properly. And I think that's right. I think the first people, a lot of people, the first thing that a lot of people do when they get a vehicle is just try and exit the UK and go to places abroad. But in actual fact, this is a phenomenally beautiful country. There's a yeah. lot of uh, outdoors to look at. It can be a little bit more challenging, I think, 
to be parking off grid in the UK than certain places. I've not had much problems yet. Um, I mean, I'm only doing this for sort of five years yeah. until my kids are old enough because they're in school and stuff at the moment. And then once they finish school, they can take like gap years out and things like that. So maybe we might travel Europe then. But for the next sort of five years, it's do as much as the UK as possible, really. That's right. And I think even abroad, you know, you I mean, your vehicle is quite capable anyway, but um, even if you weren't looking to go um, fully off-road, that's that's probably the wrong word, but, um, you know, cr- rock crawling and things like that, there's so many places that are fairly, fairly local uh, to the UK to be oh, visited. Yeah. France, uh, Spain, Germany, Italy. Yeah. World's your oyster, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, money is the other thing as well. Yeah. You know, you, get, you go abroad, you, you need some sort of income, unfortunately. That's absolutely true. So. And of course, you've got to pay for diesel. How much does diesel cost? Yeah. And how much do you use, Paul? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Millie's not too bad because she's quite lightweight. Yeah. Um, you know, she's pretty good. I get, I get average about 15, 15 yes. to 17. I set a computer up. We've got 17, but then we live in Lincolnshire. Yes. Or it's flat. Flat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So once I start getting into the Peak District or Yorkshire and you start hitting some hills, you, you do use a little bit more. So. Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, I don't think that's too bad. People have quoted from 12 miles to the gallon for the DAF, but if some people are running them at about 9, 10 tonnes, uh, upwards to 17 and 18 miles to the, the gallon that yeah. I've heard. So. Um, it, it is more expensive than running a modern motorhome and things, but there are advantages to it. So what would you say the best advantage of having a four-wheel drive off-road vehicle is? Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is just a big boy's toy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, there's any of the, you know, the basic things. I mean, I do a lot of, you know, when I go off-grid, I try and yeah. get parts on grass and place like that. So always having them good tyres, you know, is always a benefit. But um, uh, hopefully this winter I want to get up in Scotland. Yeah. So, and obviously they have a lot of snow. Yeah, that's so true. So hopefully she's going to cope with that, you know, a lot easier. That's right. And I think even just sometimes, I've seen you park up there, you park up on grass, and, and that's not to be underestimated. Most motorhomes with their tiny wheels don't cope well with grass at all. No, no. My transit was just as bad, rear-wheel drive. Was it? it? Yeah, that's why we put um, we put mud and snow tyres, well, there was proper like uh, off-road tyres on it. Yes. Um, just to help give that extra traction. Right. Just to fill people in on how many people you actually take with you in this truck, there's yourself. Yeah. Um, there isn't a love in your life at the moment. No. But who knows? You know, yeah. and and, uh, and you've got two children, and yep. you've also got Roxy. Yeah, the guard dog. Yeah, Roxy <laughs> the guard dog, who's probably the smallest Jack Russell I've ever seen <laughs> in, my, in my life and things. But uh, how's life on the road with the dog? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I Literally, I got a, after sort of a split, um, it, I've always wanted a dog. Um, my ex was into cats. She loved the cats. Um, but I always wanted another dog. And I, yeah. you know, and this one just came up as a rescue. Oh, wow. And, you know, snapped her up. And she's been the absolute perfect van life dog. Right. You know, she doesn't like water. She doesn't like <laughs> muddy puddles. She sleeps all day. And she just, that's it. She's like a cat in a way. She just eats and sleeps. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, it's okay. So she loves it. Yeah, and she's always uh, always very welcoming when you see Roxy. I've bumped into Roxy a couple of times now. She likes to stand on the threshold of the door. Yeah, It's probably a little bit far for her to jump out, to be honest with you, but uh, uh, stands at the threshold of the door, wagging her wagging tail and, and saying hello. Yeah, oh yeah, she does. Yeah, okay, awesome. So life with a dog's not too bad then, and a couple of kids, uh, and you find that there's plenty of room there. What's your future plans then? You did touch on the fact that in five years' time, maybe when the kids have grown up and stuff that you, you yeah. might wander further up further away i mean i try and not make plans as such because we just don't know what life's going to throw at us um so i mean at the moment i do as much traveling as i can you know and you know just doing the uk um meeting up with other people um trying to get this community together in england of overlanders yeah because there is a lot of us living in England and not travelling. Yes. So it'd be great, you know, to try and have meals like we do with vans. You know, I can be in in a couple of hours in the Peak District tonight, and there's a bit. I know there'll be about twenty vehicles parked up. You know, right. 
because it's the weekend. Um, and there's spots all over the UK like that. Uh, you know, and everyone gets like the little fire pits out all oh. meet up and, you know, it's just a fantastic community. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, that's one of the things that uh, that I, I really like to watch. You know, it's kind of the community. And, uh, and one of the things I've noticed through uh, my own involvement with Facebook and YouTube and things like that is there's a growing community of people, and it's a lovely community as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, already I know that you are making new friends uh, from out there from, um, from the overlanding community. Uh, I've made some brand new friends too, and, and it's a really friendly uh, and welcoming community of people to to get involved with but the uh drinking beers around the fire pit seems to be uh something that's particularly enjoyable <laughs> well that is anywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's it and what i really enjoy is uh you've set yourself up a little uh, outdoor space on the cab of your of your truck as well tell me about that upstairs oh upstairs but, yeah, yeah well um with the roof rack um we turned that into like a little got the fake grass on there Yes. Get the inflatable sofa out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a nice little sunspot up there. That's right. And again, check out one of Paul's videos on that. He's, he's put the fake grass uh, up on the roof rack on top of the cab because it's, it's pretty large up there. It's a pretty big area. Well, when it gets sunny, it gets very hot. Just, <laughs> you yeah. can't stand up there. That's you it. Know? So it's metal. So yeah. we put the grass down. Got the grass down. Got the inflatable sofa. Yep. Seeing him sat there with his feet up, drinking <laughs> cans of beer. Uh, and the vantage point from up there is because it's, it's it's a good couple of metres up there, isn't it? It oh, must God, be two yeah. and a half metres. Yeah, the, two, the trick is don't drink too much because you've got to get back down again. <laughs> get back down. <laughs> we Do can you, inflatable slide, I think, next. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. You don't come through the gun turret because the, the DAF has got a gun yeah, turret, yeah, doesn't Well, it? you can do if you wanted to, but um, yeah, we'd sort of just come up the ladder at the side. Yes. So tell me then, I wanted to know um, about the amenities that you have inside, because obviously toilets, cooking, yep. things like that people are interested in. Uh, tell me about the toilet first. What system did you opt to go for? Yeah, well, I've got a, it's an electric flush um, Thetford. Right. Um, and it's got on a cassette. You know, I like the cassette toilets. Um, I mean, I never have a problem. I get, I bought another one, a separate um, cassette. So if yes. I'm ever on the road and I'm struggling to find somewhere to empty, uh-huh. um, then I can just swap it and put the other one in the garage, you know, and just dispose of it later on. Um, I mean, I'm pretty lucky. I can go empty mine at work. Um, but then I'm also, because I'm a boater, I've still got all my keys with the waterway systems. Ah. You see, they've got all dumps. They've even got... You know, you can even use, you know, laundries and everything, you know, shower rooms right. and everything they've got. So, and there's a big network on the waterways. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So this kind of a, a network of facilities amongst people who, who live oh, yeah. or use waterways. Yeah, all, all um, the canal system's got, um, you know, is everywhere. There's water points, there's um, disposable points. And obviously, you know, a lot of people, boaters, have motorhomes as well. Yes. So, you know, you can go and you still use all them. And because the, the Thetford cassette toilets, they're yep. fairly um, standard, often amongst caravanners and yep. motorhomers yeah, as well. Yeah, just standard one, yeah. Yeah, and can you pour those down a normal toilet? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I use, I don't, what I do is because I use works toilet as well, so, you know, to empty there. I don't use the, the blue and the green chemicals. I use um, like a biogradable um, one-off, uh, I forgot what you call it now, but basically it's non-toxic. Right. Um, so it still gives you a nice smell. Yes. But it doesn't, you know, um, it's, it, even camp, campsites are getting a bit funny with some of the chemicals now. Yes. A they, bit kinder on them. Yeah. This, this, the one I've got is an environment friendly one. Um, right. And you can get them off um, Amazon and all over. And, you know, you can just put them straight down toilets then. Yes. Okay. Good. So that's also helping out with yeah. the environmental problems yeah. and things. Because uh, some of these chemicals are strong, and although it's legal, I think to dispose of them down the toilet, I think it's much nicer if we're using uh, chemicals that are a little bit more environmentally yeah. friendly. Uh, so that's the toileting. Then I know there's a few different options people look at with toileting from composting toilets. I've even seen toilets that incinerate the waste. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked at all these with the narrowboat, yeah. um, and I do like um, they call it the nature's head. Ah. Um, it's a composting toilet. I mean, it's a thousand pound. Wow! Yeah. But I've no. There is quite a few van lifers using them, um, and it is an alternative. You know, it is a. It's a. It's a good bit of kit. Yes. So it reminds me when I was in Australia, they have a thing called a thunderbox. 
which is basically uh, a plastic bag that you put on the little frame oh, yeah. with a toilet seat <laughs> yeah. on top of it and stuff. Yeah. There's, there's loads of van lifers using them. Is there? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but just bagging it. Yeah, yeah. bag it, bury it. Yeah. Is that, yeah, well, you know, they don't bury it, but they, they, yeah. you can dispose of it pretty yeah, easy. So. Yeah. Okay, so there's a few options out there. You chose the uh, to go for the uh, Thetford chemical toilet type of toilet. Uh, that's a popular amongst a lot of people. Uh, what about cooking? What have you chose to use for the cooking? Yeah, we've got, I'm not sure if it was the Thetford. Thetford again, I yeah. think it was Thetford, um, or Dometic. Um, but I've got a full uh, three-burner ring um, and an oven and grill. Yes. Um, I love my ovens. Yes. Um, and it's uh, not a full-length one, but it's sort of a half, you know, so it's like a oven grill. Yes. Um, but does amazing, you know. Um, I think they're about £450. Um, they're not that expensive. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, it's... Does everything I need to, and that was designed kind of for motorhomes, caravans, yeah, boats. Yeah. Those, it's, it's, those a, it's a standard fit in you know in most things. But even I mean, I was looking at sixty, seventy thousand pound motorhomes, and yeah. I didn't even have an oven. Really? Yes. You'll, you'll be surprised how many motorhomes don't have ovens. Yes, it's crazy. And I, and I think I guess you know if you just. Well, a lot of people with motorhomes, this has always amazed me, people go out and spend sixty or £70,000 on a motorhome and use it for four weekends out of a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what always gets me about them. Um, but I've seen you use yours again, watching your videos. You've cooked the odd roast in there. And oh, things, yeah. You know. oh, we're all, I'm always cooking stuff in the oven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't think you uh, you cut any corners at all when, you, <laughs> when you're doing your cooking there. <laughs> Um, and your you choice, so that's gas then that you yeah, use? Yeah, that's gas. So yeah. The kind of the liquid petroleum gas bottles of, uh, of propane. Yep. Um, one of the points uh, I often make to people with propane, I know a little bit about this from my um, own dealings with boats. I used to have a boat. I lived on a boat for a while, Paul. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But um, there's two different types of gas out there, propane and butane. Whatever you do, make sure you get the protein propane because butane freezes um, below yeah, minus two degrees. Yeah, yeah, you always sort of swap it for the red one in the yeah. winter, blue one for the summer. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, any drawbacks to using gas that you found? Well, I don't use the bottle gas like right. that. I use um, LPG refillable bottles. Okay. Um, so I'm on the safe fill bottles. Yes. Now. I could have gone for the other conventional one where they fill up, you, you actually, it's like a port in the side mm. of your truck and you fill it up from yeah. that and then it fills the bottles up or fill directly to the bottle. Mm. Now, my concerns were, because of the size of my truck and I've noticed a few garages I've been to, my truck wouldn't fit under the, this oh, is before I built it, wouldn't fit into the, um, the actual garage to fill up. And then I thought, well, what happens if I break down Parts are not always that red, you know, available. So I'm stuck in a garage or stuck somewhere or stuck at work and I'm maybe up to a month and I've run out of gas. I can't take my truck to the petrol station. So I went for the safe fill, which are legally allowed. You can actually actually them on the, on the floor yes. and actually fill them up from a car even. Right. So, the, you know, they're totally, you know, safe to use. Uh, Morrison's are a big sponsor of them. Okay. On their forecourts as well. I've never heard of that. I, yeah. I, I heard they're, you they're, they're super lightweight plastic bottles as well. Right. So there's a weight saving as well as on them. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, you just literally uh, undo your normal tap, you know, um, as if you're just doing a normal bottle up. Yes. And you just put the adapter on. Yes. And just... Just fill it up with, it, it with up. a gun from yeah. the garage, the yeah. LPG. Yeah. Um, which uh, which I'm a fan of. I used to have an LPG car. It's got a lot more expensive than it used to be. It's yeah, well, actually, we're pretty good. It's 68p a litre. Right. Okay. I've just filled my, uh, mine are big bottles as well. I've got two 11 kilo ones. Yes. Um, so we made sure we got enough, and they will last me for five months. Yes, yeah. Really good, because I'm, I'm on my own a lot, um, yeah. and, you know, when the kids, but it's only in the winter when I use the heating system. Mm. So... It's um, it's a good way because of course you can uh, you can use gas for hot water you can use it for cooking you can use it for heating sixty eight pence a litre sounds sounds pretty cheap especially compared to diesel yep. diesel ver- ver- varieties oh, of, yeah. uh, of these things um, so it is quite it's an economical solution to I, I have got one Calagas bottle yeah. um, and that's the emergency reserve okay so that's a little seven kilo one. Um, well I've got two at the moment because I'm just running out but it will be just the one mm. so literally if I run out of one bottle 
I can just connect it to the other one, and that gives you your backup until you know you ever need it. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and do you, does your hot water come from the gas as well? Yeah, it's gas and electric. Right. So I can run it off my electric um, as well. I can run it off hookup as well. So, you know, runs off my solar. And so I've got different variations of, you know, power in that. Right. So you've got external hookup as well if you stop yeah. in a, yeah. uh, a place that provides that facility. Uh, do you have enough solar power to be able to to use yeah I've, I've got three big panels 330 watts each so just under a kilowatt wow. um and within an hour you know if i've used over a night an hour of good sun and it's charged really wow. <laughs> it's just really really good yeah they, they, they were i think there was panasonic panels we paid yes so were they more expensive variety or did you get them at a good price um i got it with part it was all part of the deal of my truck build wow so, so i know he bought them in bulk because yeah. he wanted some for his trucks so we i think he got a good deal on them so yeah i think you got a good deal too there by yeah. the sounds of it and uh, and batteries what do you choose to use for batteries yeah we've got um two great big i think they're explorer ones um they're 220 amp hours each okay. so 440 amp hour and what kind of those are they lead acid or egms or? um i think the gel ones I yeah can't, gel. can't remember now. <laughs> right. so, yeah. yeah but they work but they work that's fine. electrics and me do not go up. yeah that's right no I keep, um, you know, thinking about the lithium batteries, but they're so expensive, aren't they? I, you know, I, yeah, you know, very. Two thousand pounds. I've been you know, looked at, at some of these batteries on yep. each, you know, and, and the they same. don't last forever. So no, you've got no. to find that money again. Yeah, that's and right. And we had this with my old fan. I had a, a fifty pound battery. Um, well, I had two of them, um, just one hundred and ten amp hour ones in my old Transit, and they last me three years. Yes. Yet then somebody will spend a thousand pound on one lithium battery you know and it doesn't last that much longer yes that's right so i'm like well i pay 50 quid so even if it and it had a three-year warranty on it okay (laughs) as well so even if it died in two years i can't get a brand new battery they didn't get some more batteries yeah so So they're definitely definitely a balance between the uh you know the two there the lithium batteries are very very expensive very i think if you've got the money for them and you've got the setup because some people have got really amazing setups i mean there is I think that I did read there's actually a new battery coming out on the market was going to be better than oh, lithium. Really? Yeah, yeah um, there was rumours of a new battery coming out soon. Okay, well, watch this space. If I hear yeah. anything about that, I'll, I'll let everybody know about it. So uh, so we've got, um, um, how many batteries did you say you'd got? I've got two. Two batteries, and you find that with the 990 watts oh, yeah. of solar. I've got coffee fine. machines, I've got wash machine, everything. <laughs> so, it, you know, it powers the lot. Excellent. And, uh, and what do you use for the for the inverters? So you've, you've got an inverter system and yep, charger. Yep. Yep. So I've got a... Um, I can't remember the actual official name for it, but I've got a, uh, it's like a switchover box. Yeah. Um, you get them from roadpro.com. Okay. .co.uk. Roadpro.co.uk. Yeah, and it's, um, it's something like SDC. It's a, it's a little box, and basically, from a flick of a switch, you can transfer the power to all your sockets. Yeah. So where you would do hookup, yes. I wire, everything's wired into my inverter. So then, literally on a flick of a switch on the inverter, I can just, Everything's live right. on the sockets through the solar them. Yeah. So, you know, there's no more messing around with cables or anything. Everything works like Good. a house. Right. And you've never had any issues, never run out of power, nope. nothing like that? No, no, it's brilliant. Yeah. It just never seems to drop below 12.4, I think, the lowest I've seen it. Right. Okay. So, which is like nearly enough full. Yeah, good. And so, even in the feeble British sunlight, you still Yeah, my, mine work really well in yeah. in the, um, the sort of dull, you know, and rainy days. It still brings in a good charge. Right. So, okay. it must, I think a lot of it's down to your panels and what control unit you're using. Um, yes. I've got a, um, I can never remember how you say it, it's ever, ever. I don't know. Uh, I don't I know. I can't remember the name of it. It's, uh, but it's a well-known Yes, you've got a you've got a good quality one, and I have heard that. Not knowing a great deal about it myself, but I have heard that you know having the right kind of charge controller makes a big difference. Yeah, uh, to, you know, to the efficiency of your solar panels. Yeah, I had a cheap Chinese one in my twenty quid one, and I noticed the difference when I upgraded that into my mm. old van and got a, a a good one. 
Yeah. And with that, you get about 30% more charge. Yes. It brings in a lot more power. Yeah, yeah. So... Excellent. Well done. And the fridge then, is that yep. run on electricity? That's or? just, yeah, full, all-time 12-volt. 12-volt, yep. full-time. Full-time. And that's stop. running all the time. Yeah, and that's on. That's a freezer one as well. It's a um, Dometic um, yeah. CRX80. So it's a sort of a fairly big one. Yeah. But they're, they're properly designed compressor fridges for, you know, the caravan market, you know, for motorhomes. Right. And so overall, I mean, this all sounds very, very efficient. I mean, you've got free electricity, you've got free, uh, you haven't got free gas, but you've got relatively yeah. cheap gas. gas. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you've got expensive diesel costs, but yeah. uh, we're going to. But overall, do you find uh, it, it much cheaper than living in a house? No council tax oh, neither. Is no, that right? Yeah, that's right. So you don't have to pay council tax nope. because it's it's not permanent home. No. Nope. Much cheaper. Oh, yeah, life is cheaper, but you yeah. tend to spend more. <laughs> right. I think the, I think the diesel makes up for it. But um, yeah. yeah, compared to living in a house, I used to pay about a thousand pound a month. Yes. for um, for mortgage and the bills. Yeah, that's um, right. And then the wife, she used to pay for the food and the kids. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, a big big saving, which means I've got a nice few more, you know, a few hundred quid in my pocket. I used to have about a hundred pound out my yeah. wages every month when I lived in a house. Yeah, and that was it to sort of enjoy myself, if we could. Yeah, that's right. And, that's and I see, you know, uh, that definitely is one of the positives that I see. And again, you know, from the inspiration of watching your YouTube channel, um, you know, I don't know much about how much money you're saving and things, but you certainly well, have... Don't a, you don't <laughs> save. But, you know, but you certainly have uh, what appears to me to be a very, very good lifestyle for you and your children. You know, you can see the joy in your children when, when they're, when well, they're spending say, time there. you know, we'd lose my dad and, you know, so many other people around me at the moment. It's just enjoy life now. Yes. So, you know, I haven't got any saving plans. I've got a, a, um, a pension with work, which is not worth the paper it's written on. <laughs> I, I think I get about £30 a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous, but um, it's just for the moment. Yeah. So I can come down with cancer tomorrow. You know, yeah. it, it's that easy now. Yeah, that's right. Um, or the latest, I could be COVID, you know. Yeah, okay, <laughs> could be indeed. Yeah. So it's just enjoy life now. Don't worry about the future. I mean, I'm just coming up to 50 um, I'm 49 this year. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I've got about four lads at work and they've all had cancer and yeah. lost, you know, one's lost all his intestines and, yeah. you know, and bags on him. And mm. it's, it's absolutely true. You know, I, I think I'm 53 years old now. My granddad died at 53 years old. I think about that. Uh, I've spent the majority of my life. Uh, working, working to provide mm. for the family. You know, I've spent so much time working, I've hardly even seen my own children. Well, that's all we're programmed you know. to do. Yeah. They, they say work, 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 and then retire. Uh, yeah. But when you come to retirement age now, yeah. you, most of us, <laughs> too, well, you know, we're, we're all... Too old to retire. Well, yeah. you're in pain, yeah. half of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in my 40s, and yeah. I wake up with sciatica and in pain yeah. and stuff, so... That's it. And, and, you know, you're missing the opportunity. I've said to yeah. my wife, you know, I, I want to go uh, and and do something more while I'm still fit enough to be yeah, able to do it. Definitely. Be, you know, because I recognise, um, you know, you don't know what's around the corner and things. And, and uh, I, I'd like to do it now. I think if I waited till 65, if I got to 65, because you don't know, as you've no. said, Paul, um, who knows what state you're in? I might be that medically dependent. I can't yeah. go off and do anything. Well, so. can you imagine lifting one of our tyres and changing a wheel at 65 yeah. on one of our trucks? <laughs> I can't imagine doing you it need, at 53. You need to <laughs> going to... Oh, no. <laughs> I've got a 24-hour call out, Kat. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a call. Will Elcat come out and change my tyre for me? Do you think yeah. I call them? So, <laughs> and it cost me a tenner to get it done. Does, yeah, <laughs> oh, he's got a mate to come, come. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, 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 that's good. So um, so overall, I, I also know that um, not just with the overlanders, with the van life community, younger and younger people doing this now, and people doing it with very, very young children as well, yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes people are critical of that. I have heard the criticism and things, um, but there's a lot of positives to doing that yeah, as well. homeschooling home on the road, it's gone really big now. Um, and even in people in houses now, are yeah. taking the kids out of main, you know, mainstream schools. Yes. Um, but the actual, I mean, on Facebook alone, I mean, you can, there's so many different sites now for alternative living yes and it's just so 
broad the spectrum from living in yurts to yeah. you know moving to Bulgaria. I mean, in Bulgaria, you can buy a house for like two thousand pound. Wow, you yeah. know, and just go and live over there cheap as anything, you know. Um, but just people are you know finding different ways to escape the system. You know, they don't want to be tied up with an expensive house for the rest of their life. Yes. You know, and you're absolutely right, and and I think you used the word programmed earlier on, and I, and I agree with that. We we programmed to think that we've got to um, get a job, get married, yep. um, buy a house, spend your whole working life paying for the house. That's yeah. what I feel as though you do. <laughs> you, do. Uh, you know, not having enough money, we can't afford to go on holiday this year because we've got the mortgage to pay and we've got the children to to pay for and you can go through life not actually doing a great deal mm, at all definitely. Uh, but now people are, are rethinking this this whole I- idea about that as a co- course for their life well, i think and everyone wants to do it yeah but a lot of people are scared i mean that's always the biggest question um on van life pro, you know chatting groups and stuff and in chat rooms is about scared of moving from a house to living in a van and the questions, simple things like, you know, how do you get your water? How do you do this? How do you do yes. that? And it's only once you do it. It's not for everyone. No. Nope. You know, um, and a lot of people find it triggers mental health issues as well in a confined space mm. and if you're on your own. Yeah. Um, but we always, you know, try and tell people, look, go and hire a vehicle for a week mm. and then go off on your own and, and travel and see if you can live in a space that size. Yes. You know. And of course, reach out as well, because there's thousands of other people that have done the same thing. Uh, lots of people on the road, on their own, but, you know, it's a community of people yep. who do like to hook up and meet up and help each other out. So. Yeah, we have groups as well. We've got um, supporters of Van Life um, on Facebook, um, yes. the support groups. Um, it's like a little network where you can post up anything you need. Yes. Like a, as one up today, a, a lady's been broken into um, and she's part time. So she's she's got a house as well. She's been yeah. broken into twice by the same person. And she's terrified. Will a van life go and park in her driveway just oh. as security for her? Yes. So, you know, there's, there's, it can be anything. Yeah. So it's a good community out there, really. Yeah. Is. Wonderful. Right, okay, well, fantastic. Well, Paul, um, it's been fantastic to have you here on the podcast today. Um, um, Very, very interesting to talk to you. Don't forget, if you want to hear more from Paul, he is the Off-Grid Nomad. Uh, He does have a YouTube channel called the Off-Grid Nomad, and he's on Instagram as well, so check him out there. I'll put links down in the show notes down below so you can find Paul. Um, Go and have a look. Uh, And in the meanwhile, uh, thank you very, very much once again. This has been the follow me overland podcast i've been your host sean favel and we'll catch you next time bye for now